Welcome to Anime Out of Context, a comedy review show hosted by a basement dweller who grew up scrounging terrible fan subs on sketchy websites prior to the convenience of modern streaming, alongside a willfully ignorant soul whose only knowledge of anime comes from the shows forced upon him here. This show will contain spoilers, incorrect information, and copious amounts of adult language. Our hosts are not experts on any topic, and everything they say should be taken with a grain of salt. Thank you for listening, and enjoy. Hello and welcome to Anime Out of Context, the show where I attempt to explain the sometimes weird, sometimes wonderful, but always hilarious world of anime. And I understand how laxatives work. I'm Sean Rollins. I'm Remington Chase. Oh god, Rem, sometimes my job is hard. Is it though? <laughs> Hold up. Like, I know you're about to. This this is how you frame the episode and you you give an intro. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but also, I just I just want to like stop for a moment. I want to interrupt from the get-go. Okay. Is it, though? <laughs> <laughs> you later, you watch anime, which you do already. I... Um, and then you just choose which one to inflict upon me. Like... Well, sometimes, Rem, I have to watch things that I don't want to watch. Oh, no. And sometimes, like, memes happen. And sometimes, like, I... Like, wait, hold on. I, I have you, to do all right. research. All right, wait, wait, wait a minute. So, for those who don't know, I just did a pre-banter bit trying to coerce him into a, uh, an inside joke uh, thing. Um, did, did that work? No, it didn't work, Rem. I was planning on doing it from the get-go today. <laughs> because I wanted the emails to stop. All right, so for those who don't know, uh, since Hunter Hunter, in, in the Hunter Hunter episode, at one point... A giant frog eats two of the main characters, but one of them has a laxative drink, so the frog throws up the kids. And my stance was, because it was laxatives, the frog should have shit out the kids. And I made a call in that episode for anybody to email or tweet at us recommendations of anime where a frog shits out some children. Uh, or at least that a frog shits. Um, and amazingly... We've gotten a solid handful of emails. I don't know what they've said. Uh, like, I, I mentioned this in, in the Patreon pre-banter, which is surprisingly relevant, uh, as it turns out. Uh, I don't know if there's just one, like, main, oh, yeah, this is, everyone knows, if you're looking for a frog-shitting anime, this is the frog-shitting anime uh, to watch. Or if multiple people are, like, all have their own independent frog-shitting anime. And by and large, Rem... There's only one that comes to mind, and they're not frogs, technically. And, like, uh, look. Are they frog-like? They're amphibious, essentially. I'm, uh, well, all right, I'll take what I can get. That, And it's the closest fucking thing you're gonna get. Um, are, are you telling me that frogs shitting out children is not a common anime trope? No, it's not! I said mm. that in the Hunter Hunter episode! How odd. <laughs> It is not a common thing. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a sound. Like, and weirdly, one of the recommendations we got uh, was not an anime at all when you mentioned this. Uh, one of them was just book two of the Fable Haven series. <laughs> okay, I was ready for you to be like, it, it, it was just a YouTube video of a frog taking a shit. No, not quite that base. Uh, it is literally, there, there's a big frog that eats a kid in Fable Haven 2. Spoilers, but, you know, that book is, uh, oh god, that book is nearly like 15 years old man i was all into that series when I was oh 1000 anyway, uh, yeah, uh no. all right so um what frog shit again are we covering 
Like I have. Also, I have, I have to plans. ask John. I, I I have to ask real quick before we get into it. Yeah. Are a part of me hopes that this is an obscure anime, so that way people who there's not many people who are like, oh, I want to hear a review of this anime, and then they hear this, uh, like five minute chat all about frog shitting at the front of it. Um. <laughs> a part of me wants that, but another part of me wants this to be like a ridiculously popular anime, so that exact thing happens a lot. Uh, no, it's not oh, ridiculously popular. No, damn. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, let me put it to you this way, Rem. Uh, before our Hunter Hunter episode, we got three emails recommended. Oh, well, I'm, I'm happy to bring it to the world's attention. Uh, speaking of, what the fuck is it? Uh, okay, so, Rem, uh, before we get into what uh, this anime is, it's simply an anime titled uh, Sarazanmai. Okay. Uh, if you want a translation, fuck you. What? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> uh, because there, there's not one. What do you fucking mean there's not one? Because it's, you know, a Japanese term. What but what does the term mean? Ah, boy. Um, as far as I can tell, it's literally it's it's a portmanteau of okay. a characteristic of the main characters and Zanmai, which is like an indulgence, as it were. Okay. Uh what are they indulging in? Well, the direct translation like would be plate indulgence. Plate indulgence. So when I say there's not a translation... Goddamn, I love my fine china. I shall never let anybody touch it, but I shall always buy more. <laughs> what? Speaking of which, can we, get, can we talk about that for a second? Why is fancy plates that nobody can use such a popular thing? Uh, follow-up question, Sean. Yeah. How many D&D miniatures do you have in your room right now that you've never used? Mm, perhaps we have solved the riddle very quickly. Hey Rem, hey Rem, hey Rem. Hey, Rem. There's a big difference here. The the biggest difference is I intend to use them, but I have you know friends who uh have very complex schedules that make it really really hard to run D and D games. And I'm just waiting they, for the day. They, and and sometimes they'll be like, yeah, for like the fanciest dinners of all time, we can break out the fine china. That that is common as well. <laughs> and do those fancy dinners ever happen? Not usually. Does D&D ever happen? Anybody who plays D&D can tell you they don't. <laughs> You're going to make me cry, man. The, everyone knows the main quality of playing D&D is not playing D&D. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fundamental truth of it. God, it's like you're waggling one of my biggest passions in my face and then just, like, grinding it into the muck and filth. Hey, man, I, I'm also passionate about tabletop role-playing, and I would love for it to happen more. All right? I'm on the same side as you, uh, but it's the losing side. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, all right, so uh, we a story about a girl who really loves the fine china until a frog gets on the fine china, and then eats her and shits her out. Finn. And this is why reviewing content and writing content are two very different things. Uh, <laughs> but no, uh, Rem, no, it ha it has nothing to do with, like, uh, plates. Nothing to do with plates. Do, th do they have a... Oh, wait a minute. Is it going to be a flat-chested girl? What? No? Be because in multiple anime, flat-chested girls have been compared to plates. I mean, yes, plates, walls, boards, etc. Because I'm thinking of, like, a quality of them. Do they have a huge forehead? Nope. Fuck! What the fuck is the plate? Where's the 
plate coming from? Well, if you'll let me speak, Rem, I will explain it. Oh, but we all know I don't like letting you speak. Then you say things <laughs> that, that are weeby and uncomfortable. Ah, goodness. Uh, hey, Rem, what do you know about Japanese folklore? Um, I, I know about yokai. Okay. What kind of yokai? Uh, you have, you have the, the jumping umbrella. You have... <laughs> what is the jumping umbrella called, Remington? Out of curiosity, I want to see if you can get this. Uh, jump-brella? <laughs> you have... You have deal or no deal in the shitter. Deal or no deal in the shitter. <laughs> what? <laughs> Fucking what? Really pops out of the toilet is like making choice. Red or blue. Is this the Matrix? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, it's, we've seen it before. It's like red or blue. And the correct answer is like not make, not choose red or blue. Because if you choose either, it's the wrong choice. I'm not crazy. It pops up in the shitter. <laughs> We saw it on ghost stories or something. Oh, God. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, Rem, but, like, your description of it makes it sound like complete fucking insanity. Lavatory Howie Mandel exists, that's all I'm saying, and it's a Japanese yokai. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay, so, first... Uh, okay, so first of all, the jumping umbrella is the uh, Casa Obake. All right, yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, and uh, the toilet deal or no deal, as you described it, <laughs> uh, is the Akamanto. Wait, uh, wait. So is there going to be a yokai frog? Kind of. I see where this is going already. Do you know any other yokai, or is it just two very obscure ones? The they, I... The umbrella's not obscure. It's not, but, like, it's not, like, most people's go-to when they think of a yokai. It's very much, a, like, if you're if you're doing a story with yokai involved, the Casa Obake is, nine times out of ten, <laughs> the joke yokai. <laughs> the jokai, if you will. But but what about dealer no deal in the shitter? Is that what? No, <laughs> no, that's not a super common one, Rem. That, like, mm. like it's a thing, and it's, uh, it's common, but not, like... Nowhere, anywhere near as common as like, like it's it's less common than the Casa Obake. That's what I'm gonna tell you. Um, then there's I don't know this one's name. It it's the like super iconic big red demon face one. Uh, big red demon face one. It's got a big red demon face. Okay, that's probably just a basic oni or ogre sure, or not? demon. You know, it's that kind of combination. Uh, and yeah. th- that's all you got. Uh, I I think so. those are all the ones that immediately come to mind. Okay. So you just don't know one of the most iconic ones. That's fine. Uh, oh, shit. So, Rem, uh, tell me, have you ever heard of a Kappa before? Oh, wait, yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, uh, Kappa, you know, um, on Twitch.tv. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> All the fuck. Do not try to be hippin' with the kids, Rem. Especially since you haven't joined us properly for a Twitch stream in months. It's been a while. It's been a a long time. Ever since you traumatized me with hours and hours of Danganronpa, you know, it's taken me a while to recover. But, uh, 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 I I know Kappa, obviously. Then describe it for me, Rem. Gladly, Sean. As we all know. Hands off the keyboard. Shit. No Googling, you son of a bitch. As we all know, uh, Kappa is what Sean sees when he looks in the mirror. (laughs) Aren't they like, they're like Murlocs or some shit, right? 
You know what? I'll take it for now. That is probably the closest comparison that you're going to be able to get. They're uh, like fish people or something like that. Kind They're of, fishy? yes. They're fishy. They're watery? Yes. They're, are they frog people? <laughs> Do they shit? <laughs> oh, this episode's fucked. Oh, oh, yeah, 1,000%. 1,000%. Because I wasn't expecting you to do a very thematic pre-banter that perfectly ties into our episode. I was ready. I was ready. Oh, my God. Okay, so, Remington, a kappa, otherwise known as a river child or a kawataro, uh, is a amphibious yokai that uh, lives in uh, the waters of Japan, essentially. Sure, all right. And uh, one thing, the two main things you gotta know about them, man, is, uh, well, th- there are three main things you gotta know about Kappas. Uh, they love cucumbers. <laughs> oh, God, cucumbers? Ass. Yeah. They're terrible. Oh, uh, no, I agree completely. I hate them. They have uh, bad texture and just hardly any taste, but enough taste to always be noticeable and never blend with whatever they're in. Exactly. Like, they have to be shredded super thin, and you have and to tell me they're... just don't include them. Exactly. Uh, and the other thing is they love sumo wrestling. What? I mean, yeah, those are the two big things. And, and then the third thing, of course, is that uh, they hate carrots. That's uh, what we've learned. <laughs> <laughs> Anya is not a kappa. Trust me on that. Uh, and the, they are water monsters, essentially. Uh, the third thing that is the most oh, important. Oh, wait, 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 kappa. It's, it's uh, what, like, koopas are based. They're like kappa, the koopa. So they're like turtley fucks, right? They are not- like a turtle shell or something. Not really, no. I mean, they've got turtle-like qualities, but not, not like, not like Koopas, no. But that's where Koopa comes from, right? Uh, I'd, I'd have to double check that. I'm a uh, Google because I feel like I'm right and being smart right now, and I want to show off that I'm smart. People say probably. <laughs> also, apparently, the most popular uh, relation is uh, to a uh, Korean dish, as well as uh, it sounds like Troopa, as in Troopers. I am just going to say I nailed it, and we'll move on. Sure thing, buddy. Sure thing. Uh, But they are amphibious fish-like river people that are kind of frog-like in a way. Got webbed feet, uh, long stringy hair, and uh, plates on their head that that are regularly filled with water. Okay, so our protagonist is a kappa? Well, I'm getting to that. And uh, the other thing that they are well known for is... uh, they are known for uh, assaulting humans in water and stealing a thing that is called a a shirikodama from them. So like their soul? Kind of. Um, it is the easiest way to describe it, Rem. It is a mythical organ that theoretically contains a person's soul. Oh, uh, no, it's, it's the flux light. <laughs> flux light, but yes. Flux light. Ah, shit. Y'all almost uh, got it. Y'all, you're I, thinking I of the flux capacitor joke. from Back to the Future. I got so close to a great fucking joke. You you were there. You're right there. The goof was right there, Rem, but it wasn't quite there. Uh, no. Uh, so yes, uh, Shirokodama is a mythical organ that theoretically is where the soul is. Uh, in folklore, and uh, where it is kept, Rem, is in the anus. Oh. So kappas are known for. <laughs> Grabbing people and ripping their souls out of their asses. <laughs> so when I say there's not a frog shitting anime, Rem, I was being honest. Because everybody and their fucking mother came to me and said, well, hey, what about this Japanese yokai that rips souls out of butts? That's like a frog shitting. 
And yeah, sure, I guess it is. Why the fuck not? So to shut people up, this is an anime heavily about Kappas. And a bit of a Japanese folklore lesson for you, Rem. This is your fault, Rem. Uh, I don't even need to hear about the plot. Let's just fucking do this shit. Even if I told you it was a pseudo-magical girl plot? What the- <laughs> I can't breathe. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Holy so, shit. So, the plot of this anime, Rem, and I'm not going to get into too much detail because it's really something that you got to see for yourself, is uh, it's about three uh, three boys. They get Kappa powers. <laughs> and they're gonna use the powers. Look, man. <laughs> Long told... fingers. Yes. <laughs> reach deep into that ass. And they are gonna use their kappa powers to defeat an evil uh organization run by otters. What uh, are you talking about? Rem, I can't explain anymore. <laughs> you brought this upon yourself. I'm ending the emails here. We're watching this anime. You're watching five episodes of it, and that's that, and you're not getting any more explanation. Oh so without God. further ado, let's go watch 2019's Sara Zanmai. Hell yeah. That they're butt balls. That's what they are. Alright, the great butt ball of desire. Ladies and gentlemen. We are back after watching five whole episodes of the coming-of-age anime, Saran Zanmai. And, uh, Rem? Yep? You asked for this. So really, <laughs> this is on you. <laughs> I didn't know what I was asking for. Uh, clearly, you didn't. Or you probably wouldn't have asked for it, Rem. <laughs> so why don't you tell us a bit about uh, Saran Zanmai? Tell us about all about the frogs. And the bottles. Sarazanmai is one of the most unique shows we've ever covered. That is true, Rem. That is true. Uh, but unique in what ways? Why, why don't you go into exquisite, explicit detail? Oh. All right. <laughs> and tell me if these are frogs or not, because quite frankly, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, so we, we start out with a nice little monologue all about connections, which are like, the very, very, very overt main theme of this show, uh, they will not shut the fuck up about it. <laughs> yes. Uh, which, you know, could, could have been a little bit more subtle. Like, you could have had this monologue and then I would have understood it afterwards, but we'll have more monologues all about the connections that we have. Um, and we have, like, a dream sequence, and we learn that our main character, who, I, I'm gonna know, we have three main characters... Yeah. I didn't catch their names in all of episode one. Mm. Uh, they just, like, I'm sure they say it a couple times in episode one, mm -hmm. but not nearly enough. No. It took episode two and even episode three for one of them for me to be like, okay, these are their names. Uh, but not, nonetheless, our protagonist, who uh, I'll, I'll shorten his name just to Kazu, nice and, and easy. Uh, Kazu... Uh, talks about how he wants you, to protect... You literally dropped one syllable off. Hey, man. Kazuki is his full name. Kazuki. I, I'm, I am a man of efficiency, all right? It's not efficiency to change somebody's name. If it is one less syllable. 
Is that because the other two people have two syllable names? It just feels like it should match. (laughs) (laughs) And I shall continue labeling as Kazu. You're lucky this isn't a Pikachu scenario. So uh, Kazu uh, wants to protect one of his connections. We see uh, there's a big idol TV show where, I'll be honest, the entire point of the TV show, to our understanding, is that once a day... Once a day, the idol will choose something for people to take selfies of. And that's the show. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Um, also, uh, around this time, we have the the opening credits, right? And in the opening credits is where I first see the emo kappa, which, oh my god, it fucked me up. Uh, there's just a full-on hot topic kappa running around and i lost my fucking mind uh and we'll, we'll we'll get introduced to them shortly but man seeing them in the intro holy shit uh so nonetheless in, in fact yeah after talking about this like there's a, a weird secret relationship that kazu has with someone we don't know who but it's some nature hidden right uh mm-hmm. we cut to uh the emo kid not a kappa yet uh an emo kid trying to break into uh, a car but the idol that we saw on uh, on TV, uh, she takes a picture of it. I can't remember what the lucky selfie fortune was on this day, so I don't know why. Oh, wait, no, it was boxes, which makes even less sense why they took a picture. Because I don't... Was there a box there? Yeah. I guess there had to have been. Yeah, they, they were surrounded by a bunch of, like, uh, discount Amazon boxes. Yeah, and so the idol, like, gets the emo kid into frame uh, as he's actively committing a crime. uh, And he's like, hey, delete that fucking picture. Uh, And she's like, oh, whoopsie. And she runs away and he chases her, right? Yeah. Uh, He's on the chase. Uh, He loses her for a little bit. uh, And instead, he finds our protagonist, Kazu, uh, praying to a golden kappa statue. Yeah. As you do. Yeah, of course. It, I, I should note, this is this takes place in a world that's like reality, but is very Kappa-focused. In fact, instead of Amazon, it's Kappazon. Yes. Um, very Kappa-focused society uh, here. And I mean, all background characters are flat cutouts, so, you know, like... Yeah. All that matters is our protagonists, some cops, the Kappas, and perverts. Yes. Those are the, those yes. are the classifications. <laughs> uh so uh he sees our protagonist praying to the kappa and he notices that the protagonist has the same phone as the idol so he tries to kill kazu emo tries to kill kazu and emo uh we we later learn his name is uh kuji so kazu and kuji kuji tries to kill kazu uh but Narrowly avoids it. Interesting how you decided to go with his surname rather. It's because that's what he's called by everyone except his brother. All right, I know. Only his brother calls him Toy. Yeah, you didn't want to call him Toy. I, I, I. It feels weird. So Kuji, so Kuji misses and instead knocks over the golden kappa, which then shatters it. Right, and uh, stuff seems to be going uh, awry. Oh no. Uh, and then they, Kazu wakes up or teleports to the classroom and he's in school now and he doesn't understand. And in that moment, 
Kuji happens to transfer into class. And both of them are like, wait a minute, it wasn't a dream, what's going on? And they can hear a bell. Both of them can hear a bell. And this bell is causing them to behave like Kappas. Uh, at one point, after a brief montage of them becoming like Kappas, uh, the best friend character, who we've sort of, we basically just met, but he's around, uh, his name is Enta, which took me till episode three to figure out. Mm -hmm. uh, but Enta, his Kapazon box flies away. Um, and Bezos the characters at it again. The characters are annoyed by this, but they're not surprised. <laughs> like it's like ah shit, no, I need this box. But they're not like what the fuck is going on. Uh, they were surprisingly nonchalant and casual about the entire ordeal. Uh, Kazu and Kuji. They follow the bell sound to where the statue used to be, and it's still there, it's broken, but then it starts to seep out gas before exploding, and we get a little kappa creature, a little white kappa named Kepi, um, and Kepi asks for help. Kepi needs their assistance. Uh, they call Kepi a frog, which pisses Kepi off, so Kepi does a Shurikadama extraction. Mm. He... And, and Rem, what uh, what is that? I think I explained it in part one, but I, I, I want to hear it from your mouth. Okay. You didn't explain all of it. No. Or at least how it's done in Sarazanma. No, of course not. Why would I, why Kepi, would I tell you that? Kepi eats the child. Then, as the child is inside of the Kappa, he extracts from the child's butthole their, their uh, Shurikadama and then shits them out in an amniotic sack. In Kappa form. And you know what? That, yeah, no, I get it. This is the anime I requested. Hey, I want to see a frog shitting out children. By God, <laughs> this, this is the anime for it. Let me tell you. Because they call him a frog. He's sort of a frog. And he shits out them kids. Rem, so... I, blocked, I blocked this anime from my memory after watching the first episode oh, back when my it came out. God. It like is. I, I specifically forgot about it because I was like, "This is this is a lot." I can't think of a good reason to ever show this to Rem, aside from just the fact that it's weird and disturbing. Uh, uh but hey, you know, sometimes memes memes take you down pathways, Rem. Oh, don't worry, Sean. It gets weirder. Uh, I know it does, Rem, because I had to do the research <laughs> for the show after we got about like two dozen recommendations for this anime. So now Kazu and Kuji are both Kappa, little Kappa versions of themselves, right? Uh, and the friend, Enta, sim simply happens to be here. He's around for some reason. Uh, and they're like, hey, Enta. But Enta can't see them. Before, Enta is given a mark so he can see them. And then as soon as he can see them, he's like, that's a weird frog. And so he gets fucked up too. And he gets turned into a Kappa. Now they're all Kappas. Uh, at this moment, it wasn't just the one flying box. There's so many flying boxes. There's all sorts of flying boxes, all going in the same direction. Uh, and as we learn, it that they are Kappa zombies, which are neither Kappa nor zombies that are doing it. They're evil ghost creatures that are carrying the boxes away. Um, and they're doing it because... Okay, all right. Mm. Let me break this down for you. Yeah, because, you know, if you're just coming into this without having seen what the fuck's going on, Rem, people might be a bit confused. It's As almost like I decided out, to 
only describe what the fuck a kappa is in the first part, so I didn't have to deal with any of this shit. <laughs> As we find out, the cause, the reason why all of these ghosts are bringing boxes to a certain location is to bring them to a very large ghost that is the the ghost of a pervert who put boxes on his face and got naked and was sort of like exhibitionist about it. Um, who, fitting the theme, I think, if I understand correctly, was murdered by the Otter Cops. <laughs> Which I will explain next episode. I'll explain in episode yeah, I, two. I, I, I hope you do, Rem, because... To my understanding, the cycle goes... <laughs> a pervert is killed by homoerotic otter cops mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the, and i don't know if these are tethered together but at the same time the the idol will choose a lucky item that just so happens to be relevant to the now dead pervert the ghosts will then bring the lucky item to the large ghost of the dead pervert, where our three protagonists will be turned into a kappa through ass extraction, and they will confront the ghostly pervert. Mm. All right. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this happened. That's an accurate description. Oh, it's 100% an That's accurate description. Happened. Like, Rem, you nailed it. You nailed okay. it. All right, so what happens when they confront? Well, let's see as they confront the the box pervert ghost. Who, uh, th- this ghost, it's a, a giant, right? It is a giant, uh, it's like kaiju size. And it's bending over. They all bend over. That's important. We'll see why. And so... The the Kappa boys show up, and then, and I assure you, if you've not seen this anime, you're, you will not predict the words that are about to come out of my mouth. The Kappa kids sing a musical number. <laughs> they sing a musical number to enter into a scripted fight scene. And I say scripted because it will be 99% identical in every episode. Hmm. Uh, so they enter the same scripted fight scene. The only thing that changes is who who is the lead for a given song. So it's usually Kazu, but it could be Kuji or Enta, you know? Um, and they swing together and they block the attacks. They get to the other side of the ghostly pervert and they launch themselves because they're Kappas, remember? They launch themselves into the giant ghostly pervert's asshole. Mm-hmm. And they extract the source of its desires and perversions uh, that are signified by a big orb labeled butt. Uh, I don't... The orb is just labeled butt. Yeah. It's not labeled desire. It's not labeled perversion, even though that's actually what it represents. It's labeled butt. And then they extract it out of the asshole. And then... And this is where I think, frankly, a little too much. Um, <laughs> the... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go on, Rem. It's not that when hard. Just tell, just tell me what is, happens. All right. So when it's extracted from their asshole, the ghostly pervert ruptures. They squirt out of their asshole a ton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we enter. Then the the Kappa kids, they 
do Sarah's on my, which they all, it's like, do Sarah's on my, and they're like, what? And it's like, just do it. And they're like, okay. And this, they all do some like JoJo poses and there's a water cylinder that they're all sort of skating into. And as they're skating into, they transform into their normal forms, but they're completely naked. Uh, which is interesting to note. They're like their kappa forms have more clothes than their than their transformation. Uh, <laughs> they lose clothes in this. So they they're naked, JoJo posing. One of them will connect to Wi-Fi mm-hmm. and leak out a deep dark secret to the other boys. <laughs> <laughs> which is for some reason a necessary part because connection this is the only way we can connect to this world and yeah. in this episode Kazu's secret uh is given to the other boys namely the idol we saw take a picture of uh kuji as he was breaking into a car it wasn't actually the idol in fact it was just Kazu dressing up as the idol uh he he cross-dresses as the idol and he does it a lot all right. Uh, they tr- transform back to humans, where Enta, the human, the friend, uh, doesn't really give much of a shit. Um, and we see that Kazu, his bond, and it's somehow related to his cross-dressing. Uh, we see a bond with what I thought was a little girl. As it turns out, it is not a little girl. It's a little boy, and it's not just any little boy. It is Kazu's brother. Uh, then we end, there's always a post-credit scene, and these are very important. These are wildly important post-credit scenes, I want to make it clear, in every episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we meet the Otter Cops, disappointed, that, but they extract desire, and they're about, they, like, I don't know, they murdered a cat dude. They murdered a cat man, and that will lead into the next episode. So that's episode one. <laughs> yeah. And just one thing to explain to you, uh, Ram. One of the the reason that the uh, the Shiro uh have the word "butt" on them, uh, it's because "shiri" is the Japanese word. Like Shiro Kodama, "shiri," "butt," and "dama," "ball." It's the butt ball, Rem. <laughs> That's what the, they are. They're the butt great balls. Butt ball of desire. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. Cool. All right, so bad news, it took me that this long to describe one episode. Good news is, and this is also true, every episode of Sarah's On My is at least 50% the exact same or nearly identical. That is not really much exaggeration if it is exaggeration at all. I might be undershooting it. No, no, no. That, I mean, the general that's... formula, uh, and but to be to be fair, there's one element of the formula that was didn't happen in episode one, right? Um, that we'll get to, but the, the general formula is you have the kids doing their stuff and then in a hi- highly scripted sequence, they, they defeat off the ghosts, right? Uh, and those take about, each of those take about half of the episode apiece. Episode two, uh, Kepi, the, the Kappa that's turned them all into Kappas, but now they're back to humans, gives them a dish of hope and the dish of hope can grant any wish. So Enta, the friend, is like a lifetime supply of cucumber rolls, you mean? And a giant cucumber roll just pops up and he's wasted his one wish that he could wish for literally anything. Um, It's at this point that I should also know, all three of these characters are not good people. No. Like, no, which, of course not. Here's the thing, though. I think the show thinks two of them are. And that one of them 
with a little bit of work will be. I, the show would be like, yeah, Kuji, he's like breaking into stuff and he has a troubled backstory. He's an edgelord. Uh, but maybe he has like he, a good heart or whatever. Like he's that archetype, right? But Kazu and Enta, they're not supposed to be assholes to the degree they are. But man, oh man, they are terrible people. Not even just flawed people. They are terrible. Uh, and we'll get into why as we go on. Uh, anyway, we waste a wish. Then we meet, uh, we briefly see Kazu's uh, little brother, right? Uh, and Kazu hangs out with his his brother and there's a cat there as well. Um, uh, and I, I don't know if, I think they cleverly disguised this because it f- feels like a reveal later. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I could just be negligent. Uh, later on, at least I think it's revealed later on. It could literally be revealed in this scene. Uh, but I think it's later on. It's revealed that the little brother, uh, is, uh, he has, he has a wheelchair. Uh, he got hit by a car. He's apparently sort of, he, he's either often staying at a hospital. Yeah, I think that's it. He often has to visit hospital and he's in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. Um, and we'll figure out why later. Um, but we have, they hang out with fat cat, fat neighborhood cat. Love that fat neighborhood cat. Great cat. Uh, then we cut to Coochie, the emo. Straight up waterboarding a dude. No exaggeration. He's just waterboarding a guy in a bathtub. All right. These things happen, Ram. Um, there was a, a random mix-up at Capazon. So Enta got Kuji's gun in the mail. And let me talk about this gun for a moment. <laughs> yeah, talk about the gun. Because I wanted to bring up the gun, and I'm so glad that you did. This gun is not from this show. No. This this gun is from a different show. This gun, th- they added this. This was the last thing they added, and they Googled gun assets, and they just stuck on some gritty gun assets in this otherwise very normal-looking show. It, it is a 100% CG gun. It Which just does not feel appropriate any time you see it. No. It... Because it, it's not even CG trying to be the same art style. It's CG for something else. <laughs> it's CG for, like, a PlayStation 2, for, like, a twisted metal cutscene that happened at some point. Like, that's where they stole it from. So it doesn't look great, but it also just doesn't look like it belongs here. Uh, And meanwhile, Kuji got uh, a package that was meant for Enta. Uh, Kuji is storing... Some drugs in cat food, right? Cat food bags. Mm-hmm. But then the neighborhood cat, this chubby fuck, uh, he shows up and he steals the what he thinks is cat food and he's off. And so Kuji is running and chasing. As he's running and chasing the cat, he runs in to the cross-dressing Kazu because the the special item is uh is cats. Uh so Kazu needs a picture with the cat. And Kuji needs to get his drugs back from the cat. So they're chasing it. But then the cat runs into an amusement park. And in the amusement park, only couples are allowed. And their verification system is that you always need to be holding hands. So Kuji and the cross-dressing Kazu need to hold hands the entire time. And they also are dressed as bees or birds of the bees. I don't really know. I'm losing the plot very quickly. They chase the cat. Mm. Um, meanwhile, Kepi uh, grabs Enta uh, because he needs assistance and he's pretty fucked up 
it's not really relevant at all. Uh, but chase the cat, chase the cat. Uh, then we we finally get introduced to a bit that will also be a recurring bit in every single episode. This one, not similar, it will be identical in every episode. And that is the the homoerotic otter cops. So, <laughs> let's yes, do explain the uh, homoerotic otter cops to me, please. In every episode, there will be a meeting of the police mm-hmm. where they're talking about a certain criminal mm-hmm. that's died. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they say they'll investigate as a murder. And then these two guys who I label as the otter cops, though I'll, if I'm being completely honest, I don't understand the relevance of the otter yet. <laughs> I, there's some otter heart organization or something. I don't, I'm fucking lost. <laughs> but they are gay lovers who then break out into song about how they have killed the week's pervert. And they've done so also by an extraction, but their extraction causes them to be a giant ghost, I guess? Well, they're extracting out their desires, you know? It's different. (laughs) But no, but we extract the desires from the ghost at the end, so if they're extracting the desire from the pervert, why does the giant pervert ghost still have its desires up its asshole? Oh. <laughs> Look, Ren. And you, so you, you think can't like, oh, they're they're doing the same thing. So the kids, like, they're on the same side. It's just a one-two punch. The otter cops do it when they're alive, and then the kappa kids do it when they become the zombie forms, right? Uh, but no, because the otter cops, and it, it's building up. Like this seems to be the main, the main overarching plot, I guess. The they're working for people who they are disappointed when the Kappa kids stop the pervert ghosts. But aren't we all just extracting the desire? What's going on? And I don't know. I don't know. I have no fucking idea. But every single episode, you're going to get the same exact otter cop homoerotic song done in the exact same way. And there will be exactly zero variation from it. Okay. <laughs> So, cats start flying because they're being taken by the zombies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, we turn into Kappas. Uh, we get a Kappa cat song. We learn that th- this pervert uh, was dumped by his girlfriend because his girlfriend cared, wanted to care more for cats than to care for him. And therefore, he decided he would become a cat. He becomes a furry. And so, they hop into the furry asshole and extract it, and then Sarah's on my, and with this Sarah's on my, we see that Kazu, once again, it's another one of his secrets, where he stole uh, the cat that we've been chasing around, and you think, all right, so he stole the cat from a home, right, from a loving home, like, they were dressing this cat up, they loved this cat, so super fucked up already. He didn't even adopt the cat, he turned it into a neighborhood cat, he just left it around. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Uh, we... Cats they are a lot a of dish. responsibility, right? Don't fucking steal one, then, from its <laughs> loving home! <laughs> so, they're given another dish, but this one is just a silver dish, which they need five of. Also, something I forgot to mention that's somewhat important. Kazu, when he cross-dresses, uh, it's not just for the fun of it, though maybe it's also for that. Um, It's specifically to catfish his brother. 
Yeah, no, I feel like that's a pretty important detail that you left out there, Rem. Yeah, it's to catfish his younger paraplegic brother to fool his brother into thinking that you're, he is... You're getting characters mixed up, bud. The one with the paraplegic... Well, I, I might... No, I... no, I got this fucking right. Don't you fucking try to correct me, you son of a bitch. Enta often spends time with the paraplegic that's brother. Right, that's but, right. but it's not Enta's brother. That's um, right. It's just a way for Enta to sort of spend time with Kazu. Uh, and the goal is to get this little brother to believe that they're contacting the idol. And you might think, why? Moving on? The post-credit scene, then, is we get a nice exhausted Kazu uh, in cross-dressing as the idol, hanging out with the cat. Kazu falls asleep uh, on a bench. And then Enta shows up, right? And sees Kazu and then plants one on the, the sleeping Kazu, just kisses him. The problem is, Kazu ain't consenting. He's asleep. Don't do that. You're really creepy right now, Enta. That is a creep move right there, buddy. Look, I'm all for a nice little wholesome game romance blooming. That's not the way to do it. You're, you're a little creep. You're a little creepy kid, and I don't support you. And we're going to see more creepy actions in the next episode. What, you mean the, the show that has, like, anal invasion every single episode? sometimes more than once, has, like, creepy undertones? Look, but that that that's business, all right? <laughs> that's creepy, but it's business. This, for Enta, that's all pleasure. And that, I strongly disagree with that, right? All right, so, episode three. Uh, Kazu wakes up after the kiss, but he doesn't notice the kiss. Uh, then, of course, the lucky fortune selfie for that day is kiss. Uh, but Kazu tries to do it with Kisu, uh, so he tries to do it with fish instead of a proper kiss, right? Mm -hmm. Um, we get some exposition on Enta and he's been crushing on Kazu for years. Uh, Kazu can't get any fish to, to, uh, sub in for an actual kiss. So he's like, ah, darn. Um, Enta hangs out with the little brother randomly and they chat about Kazu and Kazu has just been sad lately and he quits soccer and he's just been really distant. Um, Enta has a sister, and that sister is going on a date with a dude, but that date is late. Oh, what's going on? Uh, uh, Enta has some fantasies about Kazu playing soccer again and stuff, um, and he goes back to the old spot, and there's some other kids playing soccer there, and he gets protective over it. He starts a fight. He gets his ass whooped. He has a fantasy of Kazu saving him, but it's actually Kuji. Um, then we get our otter song. Um, this time we learn that the sist Enta's sister's boyfriend, Kais, not to be confused with Kiss or Kisu, uh, Kais, who sold Kisu, uh, which is why Kazu couldn't pick up Kisu, was murdered by the Otter Cops because he would lead women to commit suicide via marriage fraud. Ah, we all on the same page and we all... Oh, yeah, no, I, I'm <laughs> keeping up, Ram. <laughs> so, insert otter song, right? Then we go to the Kappa fight slash Kappa song, uh, and they do their dealio. Um, then for this Sarah's on my, it's uh, Enta's secret that gets revealed. A and Enta's secret is that he is more creepy than we even thought before. Uh, so the secret is, oh, he has a crush on Kazu, right? Uh, but 
he has apparently been like opening Kazu's locker, sniffing dirty jerseys, going to Kazu's desk, grabbing his like flute or recorder and blowing on it just just to feel it, and creepily kissing when Kazu is asleep. Enta, you're a freak. You're if you're not careful, you're you're gonna be the next ghost because this is not okay. Uh, not acceptable, bud. Uh, then they go back and Kazu is like. I don't mind at all. In fact, I reciprocate. And they're about to share a kiss. But actually, it was another one of Enta's fantasies. Uh, and he's actually kissing Kepi, the Kappa. Um, and so you're like, oh, what does Kazu actually think about all of this? We don't address it. We just don't talk about it. Which feels like it should definitely be talked about, right? Like, I mean, oh, Ren, you just you've learned... only seen five episodes of this yes, 11 episode anime. You've just learned. Yeah, I've seen only half of it. You've just learned your best friend has had a crush on you for years and has been sort of a creep about it. And then you just never talk about it. Um, Enta has a gift for Kazu, but it gets stolen by a rat. But then Enta gets the original soccer anklet from the little brother to give eventually to Kazu, and at this point, we see that the little brother, it's finally the reveal, little brother is in a wheelchair. All right. <laughs> Are you gonna make it, Rem? Are you gonna make it through all five episodes? I'm worried I'm losing you, my but... mind. I'm losing. I will say, in this episode, uh, the little post-credit scene, we see, I think it's in the post-credit scene, the Otter Cops are annoyed at the Kappa Kids stopping whatever they're trying to do, and uh, they call it utterly unacceptable so there you go enjoy episode four episode four uh the lucky item is soba and the idol is having a fan meet the next day uh w this episode's all about kuji the emo kid uh he has a family soba shop uh we get a really weird monologue all about how he learned that the weak will perish and the parish will be f the, the ones who perish will be forgotten uh and just some it's really up its own ass. It doesn't matter. Uh, Kazu goes to Kuji and is like, hey, could you kidnap this, like, famous idol who's the most famous person in the world in this universe? Uh, could you do that for me? And Kuji's like, what the fuck? And Kazu's like, well, yeah, because they're having a meetup tomorrow. And my little brother is going to meet the actual idol who he thinks he's been talking to for a while. And instead of being like, oh, I can't talk about, like, this conversation when we actually meet up or whatever. I don't want to play favorites or something like that. I have actually promised that I will say a secret phrase to him at the meetup. So I need you to kidnap the idol for me. Can you do that, bud? And Kuji is reluctant, but is like, I guess so, sure. Why not? Uh, we learned that Kuji, his parents tragically died and his brother got into some gang stuff um and the gang eventually decided that they were going to turn on kuji's brother and kill him but little kuji took a gun and shot the gang leader protecting his brother and killing a man uh and then kuji's brother stole some money or something so that the soba shop could continue going on uh meanwhile this week's pervert that we learn about from the otter cops uh it is a guy who a soba maker who stole bath water and he he, he he wanted to make soba out of some girls bath water man i don't know man times are changing I, rem 
I don't know. But Kappa, they turn into Kappa Kids. They do the choreograph dance. They get up its ass. Then we get to the Sarazan Mai. Uh, and it, I should be noted, while I'm quickly covering these things, these like, take up 50% of every episode, all right? To be clear. Like, I can just skip over them because they're never really different. But they take up half of every episode. Uh, this Sarazan Mai is, is Kuji connecting and showing... Uh, showing his tragic backstory, and the others are like, oh, man. Uh, and so uh, Kazu g- gets the silver dish of hope, but gives it to Kuji. Uh, and then we get a weird moment that I still don't understand. The post credit scene of this one is Kazu just being like, I hate my brother, but, like, he doesn't. And I don't know why this was said, and it's really weird. Episode 5, we see that Kazu was his his real mom uh he doesn't he's no longer with his real mom um and so it's sort of like an adopted family situation right uh but when his grandpa died his grandpa condemned his mom or something i don't really know it doesn't matter uh we get back to the kidnapping plan where they uh attack and knock out the idol's manager just shove him into a bathroom stall uh then Kuji goes to the idol and is like, hey, come with me. I have cucumbers because she loves cucumbers and was just casually. And this is true. Just on like Google image search of cucumbers as one does. I mean, you gotta love the them cucumbers, bud. You gotta. Uh, so Kuji goes to distract Sarah and tries to keep Sarah trapped. She tries to trap her in a soba shop, but she transforms into a kappa that can squeeze under any space, no matter how small, and escapes. Instead of running away, she's just like, ha-ha, gotcha. And he's like, okay, let me try again. And we have, that happens like eight times. Like, they just do a cycle of just that again and again. Uh, meanwhile, Kazu, pretending to be the idol, meets up with uh, with his little brother and pretends that he's the idol and does the secret phrase, right? But at that moment... The manager is free. He shows up. He's not wearing pants anymore. They took away his pants. I don't know why, but they took him away. Um, the Enta, the friend, tries to be like, oh, this manager is crazy. What What's going on here? Oh, no. Um, and then the actual idol shows up and it's like, oh, yeah, so that's not me at all. And the little brother is confused, and the manager rips off Kazu's wig, and Kazu's like, oh no, this is terrible. And Kazu runs away, and they run away, uh, and they all meet at at the Kappa, because wouldn't you know it, at this time, the, the lucky item is sachet, a sachet, um, which they feel the need to define. They're like, ah, it just, you know, it's, it's a smelling pouch that smells nice. And the little brother had a pouch that smelled like Kazu's birth mom for some reason that we don't know yet. Uh, so all, all of these sachets, uh, all these smelly pouches are flying, being taken by ghosts. They transform into Kappas, do their whole deal, right? Um, take it from the butt. But, but like this, this one, like this pervert, I don't know. It, they just wanted to find the scent of a special someone. I don't know. This one didn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, but it goes wrong in the Sarazan Mai because as they're having a flashback, right, uh, it, it turns out that the desire for this sweet-smelling special someone is also a desire in K- 
Kazu because he wants the smell of his mother back. And so as they're doing Sarazanmai, it gets interrupted and his, his butt ball rips out of him and goes back into the ghost. So the ghost wins, I guess. Uh, but we see a flashback of Kazu meeting his real mother briefly, uh, but then being like, but I do have a family now that I actually do really care about. Uh, and they plan to like meet up or something. And as they're going to meet up, the little brother shows up and is like, why are you abandoning me? Is it because you hate me? It's a really weird scene that doesn't make a lot of sense. Based on the previous conversations, I think that's a yes. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, like, I, maybe? I don't know. But he's like, oh, do you not love me? Am I the reason you're abandoning us now? And it's like, I, it, I feel like there's not enough to go on for this scene to exist. It does not feel like he's abandoning... He's, is he meeting with his mom permanently? He just had a conversation about how he cares about his real family and he planned like a reunion, but it didn't seem to indicate that they, like he was going to run off with his mom. It seemed to indicate he was meeting up with his mom. Yeah. But the little brother, uh, he, he's like, Hey little brother, fuck you. And he's like an asshole about it for some reason. And he goes uh, across the street. Then the little brother waits a moment before running across the street, getting hit by a car and getting crippled because of it. Uh, and that's how, that's why he's in a wheelchair. Meanwhile, the mom, of course, he, he never met with his uh, real mom on this occasion. So she just left, I guess. Um, and then we, uh, th I will say, Kazu realizes that all of this deception and lying to his little brother has been more to comfort himself rather than to comfort the little brother. Which, like, yeah, it's sort of a, a sociopathic move there, buddy. Yeah. Um, that's not how you should handle your grief at all. Uh, it's like, hey, sorry I fucked you up. Now I will fuck you up far worse to compensate. Uh, and then we the post credit scene here is Otter Cops have some disagreement about something I don't understand. All right, there we are. Hey, Raymond, don't worry. I watched the remaining six episodes of this series, and it only gets weirder, so you're fine. I'm so confused. <laughs> That's okay, Rem. You can be confused. That's an okay thing to be, because after all, Rem, this is described as a lovely coming-of-age story, you know, really coming into yourself as a human being. All right, so I haven't, I haven't even... Let's talk about how I actually feel about Sarazanmai, shall we? Okay, yeah, let's get right into it. Sarazanmai, as many people could probably tell, is a, a bad show. <laughs> it's bad. No, what? What? It's wildly repetitive. It's bland with how repetitive it is. And, like, I understand some people could be like, oh, well, yeah, they're doing the thing, like, in... To sort of capture that childlike whimsy where it's, like, in those old school, uh, like anime where they have these long drawn out sequences to preserve budget. Uh, but it's like, it's not like it's satirizing that or anything or referencing that. It's just doing that. And and so you're like, okay, with how 50% of every episode's the exact same, that seems like it would appeal to a younger audience, right? But all of the strong, prominent fetish themes and the ass blastings and, and the naked homoerotic scenes those aren't aren't child friendly those are not child friendly so we seem to have it doesn't seem to mash up Sean doesn't seem to work no no um then the characters none of them are likable everything is wildly rushed and not built up at all um it's borderline nonsensical terrible pacing but I, I want to note one thing Sean okay I think this show has really interesting themes right? Like, it has themes of 
self-expression and uh, like gender identity and confusion and performativity and expression um, and and sexuality and and obviously connection as it won't shut up about uh, and handling trauma. Uh, it has all of these really wildly interesting themes that combine in seemingly interesting ways, but it's a clusterfuck. <laughs> like, I think you could get a really good show out of this premise. Genuinely. I think you could get like a 9 out of 10 show out of this, out of these themes and ideas. That's not what we have here. I want to be abundantly clear. Mm, I see. Like, I'm like, I admire, I admire the gumption of, of a lot of these ideas and themes being presented. But, but gumption does not quality make, dear friends. Uh, it, it's... It's not a good show. It's a really bad show. It's a fever dream of a show that I might recommend the first episode of to just about anybody. Because <laughs> let me tell you what, if you show this to someone who has no idea what's going on, the moment they start singing, oh my God, dude, I lost my mind. It was such a moment of surreality. I borderline had an out of body experience at that moment. So don't, watch this show <laughs> but watch the first episode of this show that'd be my recommendation i'll tell you right now rem i watched the whole show in one sitting to prepare for this episode i i could hardly watch multiple episodes at a time because i needed a breather it gave me an experience that's sort of like a sword art online not in like quality or anything but just in there's so much there that makes me just be like who would think that this was the right decision to make? And I just needed to pause and and just give myself a minute. Let me put, I said one session, Rem, but that session took about 10 hours. <laughs> yeah, because it's just, oh man. It's you a need lot. breathers. You need you need a break. You, you can't just binge this show. Uh, like, you, you gotta take breaks, man. Uh... <laughs> but I will say to all of the people who heard my request and were like, this is the answer. They were right. They were correct. And so what do you know? <laughs> that frog really did shit out those kids. Not a frog, though. Still... I mean, it's right after they call it a frog, so I'll take it. Uh, well, I suppose uh, I we should get on to final questions. Uh, because, Rem, uh, any guesses on what the mal score for this fever dream of a show is? I, I have never been less certain of a mouse score in my life. Mm -hmm. This is such... <laughs> this is such a wild show. It could be anywhere from 5.5 to 8.6. <laughs> Unironically, that's how wide the range is. I, I don't know. I have no clue. I can't even hazard to guess. Well, uh, would it help if I told you that the source material for this anime... Uh, is nothing. This is a completely original anime. Oh my god. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm clueless. I'm clueless. Well, Rem, with a mere 44,000 ratings. Oh my god. One of the lowest spectrum of scores we've covered. And uh, yet, it's still the thing everyone thought of when I talked about frog shitting out children. It leaves an impression, Rem. Like, I purposefully <laughs> yeah, yeah, blocked, look, I blocked it from my There's only 44,000 reviews, but all of them will remember it for the rest of their lives. Like, Rem, you don't understand. I watched the first episode of this back in 2019, and I immediately was like, well, I'm never going to think about that ever again, because uh, if I do, I'm going to I'm gonna have more questions than answers. It's going to... 
it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. It's going to be a bad time for me. Uh, but damn it, our community uh, clearly remembered. So with 44,000 ratings, Sarazanmai is sitting nice and pretty at 7.50. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm like, what the fuck? But I'd say that to literally any of the ratings. Like, every rating would be equally surprising for me. There's a lot of 10 out of 10s and 9 out of 10s. There's a lot of 1s and 2s out of 10s. Like, this this might be, like, an example of averaging out, it feels like. The majority of the... Yeah. the major, 25% of the reviews are 8 out of 10. Whereas, oh an, like, another 25% is uh, 7 out of 10. And then it's just, like... It, it it does it does that statistics things where it's like an even slope on both sides for the most part, even though if it's shifted to one side of the higher spectrum. Yeah, I I I don't know. I'm pretty fucked up right now. I'll be honest. Oh, you're fucked up. You're fucked up. You know what kind of dark place I had to be in to binge all of this at once while taking notes and trying to stay focused. Your dimly lit body pillow fort. How dare you bring that up when I am grieving, Rem? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you bring up any kind of body pillow shenanigans when you know damn well that recently we were gifted some stuff in our P.O. box for Hey, it. hey, don't say we. No, body pillows are all you, buddy. How <laughs> oh, fucking I'm just here you. for the cotton candy. I don't have an excuse. The excuse that I only own one now. I now own fucking six. Two of which. That he's willing to admit. Two of which will never see the light of day because all of them were like blind bag misprint gifts. And two of the characters I will not say aloud on this uh, program because yikes on shrikes, uh, they should not have dockies of them. <laughs> the rest were technically legal, though. Like, oh, it... God. you're digging yourself into a bigger hole, Sean. Look, I'm telling you right now, Rem. Fuck you. That's what I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, so I guess the final question is, Rem, any chance you'd like to watch more of Sarah's on my with me i no sean because i can't help but feel like i've seen it all you haven't let me put it to, you haven't rem <laughs> okay but I've, you I've also seen, have <laughs> i've seen at least 50 percent of the rest of of the show oh yeah no like you're you've only seen so you've only seen 75 percent of this 11 episode series yeah, 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 in yeah, yeah, five yeah, episodes yeah. so really like have you seen anything <laughs> yeah who knows what that that last 25 percent would hold well i think with that in mind Thank you all so much for tuning in. If you enjoy us giving in to the dark, dark meme culture of our podcast, then please head on over to wherever you get reviews, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, and leave us a review. They mean the world to us, and we do read every single one. But if that is not enough for you, you can head on over to twitch.tv slash anime out of context, where you can watch myself, Remington, and Dylan play video games, uh, albeit very poorly. But if that is still not enough, you can head on over to patreon.com slash animeoutofcontext where you can gain access to all kinds of lovely bonus material, including having the opportunity to be thanked live on the podcast. So, Rem, who are we thanking this week? Well, as always, we would like to send our regards to all of our bland bitch protagonists, as well as our magical girls, who we really appreciate. But moving on, we reach the Yandere waifu tier, who are buttballs. <laughs> and on that list, we have I don't. Alex. Don't worry about it. Alex, Xanax, Yandere Neko, you hear? Wings Club is my favorite anime. Oh my god, I haven't thought of that in ages. Why Shown, Why Sean? Walk Me Home Gently, Away to Shell, Tyler Worley, Samugi is way cuter than Anya, and that's just facts. Trenton Farrell, Travis J. Humphrey, Totally God, Tony Tony Choppa, The Susanator, The Big Bean, Tetsuo13 says anime out of context always brightens up my day. 
Take my cheeks. Uh, Squirrel. Silent Secondary, Shoujo Addict, who doesn't need help, just more manga to read and anime to watch. Sean, punish Rem and make him watch Excel World. Sean, are you reading New One Punch Man? It's peak fiction. Uh, School Days and Clanded for the feels. Salty Pretzel, Sadie Bartling, Ross Palmer, Rimuru Tempest is my waifu daddy. Rhiannon Williams, Remington Merrill, probably the one lesbian patron who loves yams who really felt spoken to, Big Tony. <laughs> See, but you weren't the only one, all right? Because as we covered, Lesbians love yams, but I appreciate you coming out and saying it loud and proud. Rem, I feel uh, I feel like your poll wasn't very scientifically accurate because one of the answers was a meme answer. And I don't we, even think have I spoken about my poll on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, I haven't yet? spoken about your poll on the podcast yet. No. Well, well, well I I did a poll. We'll talk about it next free banter. Uh. <laughs> wow. Way, oh to, way to <laughs> easily get content. Way to go, Rem. <laughs> oh boy, an ounce of serotonin. Don't mind if I do. No waifu, no laifu. Nick Harvey, new from Crumb Sluts Bakery, Banana Fish Bussy Cream. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to say Bakery just don't miss. Like, like, my God, every single time, it's, it's been getting me. Uh, Makeka Seven Hierto, Mexican Gone Freaks, Maya Sizitsi. Matthew Drum says Dylan's an angel. Truth. Matthias Rodas, Matto 2 Max, Lizzie Anthea, Luke O, Logan Evans. Let me see Dylan and Rem in thigh highs. Uwu. Uh, King Rich Rock, Casey Mosley, Cassidy, Jam Hands. I'm just here for Rem's insightful yet incorrect takes. It's my birthday, May 20th, so I'm now God and I'm taking over the podcast. Isis, but only for terrorist acts committed by birds. Iron-blooded orphan slaps. I'm lonely, so I watch anime. I'm here for Rem to lose it at the final frame of Attack on Titan Season 1. I want Rem to ruin Darling and the Franks for me. I'm exhausted, admits Misaka, as she still lies awake nights obsessively thinking about giant killer frogs shitting kids. Well, here you go. You're welcome. Uh, Hunter Davies. Hot, dreamy, dark, cocoa slut. Come at me, Rem. I'll make your day. <laughs> oh, no. oh, God. Uh, hey, guys. Help me make... Poor decisions here. Should I buy Don Machi or Tokyo Revengers White Swords cards? Uh, I mean, Tokyo Revengers is a better show. I'll say that. Uh, wasn't wasn't Don Machi the one that made my eyes bleed? No, 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 no. You're thinking, uh, you're thinking of Handshakers. Uh, no, Don... I feel like Don Machi might have made my eyes bleed. Well, Don Machi is uh, is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon? Oh no, that's not the one that made my eyes no, bleed. No, 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 no. All right, cool. Uh, moving on. Glenn Michael Dolan, fuck of love, fox and boy. Friend of the podcast, Adam Sandler, the god emperor of mankind. Fern the Fern Fern. Father Soft Hands. Farmer Weeb's bad pickup line of the week. Are you American? Because I want to restrict your rights. Holy oh, God. God, God, it's too real. It's, it's too, too real. real. <laughs> uh, Bantide. Extreme Cobra. Elite Knight. Drink milk to prevent wobbly bones. Not a conspiracy. Dickite. Mimicin. Picaturin. Tris. Pentafluorethyl. Trifluorophosphate, also known as FAP, and fi finally, Trans14Biz for Pridal F. Uh, Creed 13, Shy 900, Cheese Monkey, Carson MO5, Cage in the House, Brockhard for Geodudes, Blood for the Blood God, Skulls for the Skull Throne, and <laughs> this is actually uh, wildly helpful as just a warning for me. And now we move to the Boy Wizard tier. Uh, today I'll share my Magical Girl cosplay selfies. Chris, you get me as an orc magical girl. <laughs> Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, not quite the last uh, one. That would be great if it was a transition. Uh, uh, sneaky hint, if you added another A at the start of it, it would be uh, the transition. 
Elise Howard. Uh, all these squares make a circle. 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 And AJ Honey. Thank you all so much. Now we do uh, move on to the boy wizard tier, where everybody is going to get their own spirit frog. Uh, <laughs> so so what? we start out with they get their own spirit frog. Oh, oh, as in like a frog species. I was like, I don't know. What Look, it was either from. they all get a frog or they all get a fetish, Sean, and I decided frogs. I, I appreciate that, Rem. Uh, warning, you're 799 episodes away. You get the true toad. Vincent Calabrese, you get the American bullfrog. Shuffleboard is totes a sport. You get the South American horned frog. Rat visa the finish and the one who slowly melting in the summer. You get a glass frog. Please watch Healer Girl, a cute slice of life about using music to heal people. Also, Rem is still a girl. You get a tree frog. My Afro ate my dog. You get the Australian green tree frog. Those, are, those are very good. Those are very good, by the way. They're very, they are very good. Uh, You get a poison dart frog. Mike wants an overlord review. You get a red-eyed tree frog. Miguel Delion, you get a true frog. I don't know if that's different than a true toad. I guess so. One's a frog, one's a toad. I don't know. Uh, Mike wants an overlord review. Uh, you get the Desert Rain Frog, who's another top-tier frog. That's a great fucking uh, frog. Like, if you have never heard what the Desert Rain Frog sounds like, go look it up. It'll change your life. Top-tier or boy. Uh, Miguel Delion, you get the Goliath Frog. Maitawa says first three arcs of Bakamonogatari is just three episodes. You get the Cane Toad. Latinos eats death in anime for breakfast. You get the African Dwarf Frog. Hinata's a ball of sunshine. You get the Kalula. Uh, Harrison, uh, uh, hey, get... Ram, that's not a frog. That's a coffee liqueur. Hey, uh, I know. I think you're just pouring some frogs into your into your coffee. <laughs> well, if that's the case, they're delicious in various cocktails. Not by itself, though. It is a lot by itself. Uh, Harrison, you get the common coquille. That might just be French for frog, for all I know. Uh, go ahead, call the cops. It won't unsniff my schnutz. Uh, what? you get. I don't know. Uh, don't worry about it. You get Neo Batrachia. Uh, Dylan, when are you taking over? You get tomato frogs. Demon Ray 13, you get the Mission Golden Eye Tree Frog. Beethoven 1201, you get the African Clawed Frog. Aaron Heglin, you get the Fire-Bellied Toad. Two section, I have to show you my Rule 34 of Yui. It is my favorite of my many folders. You get the Banded Bullfrog. There you go. Now, uh, now we move on to our Joey Wheeler tier, where, uh, Sean will serenade us We'll give an otter fact to everybody, um, and that I was about will to describe. Say, I ain't singing shit. <laughs> it's not happening. No, yeah, he will give an otter fact to everyone that represents um, represents how you personally would be as a cop. What? Uh, <laughs> how you would be as an otter cop? I don't know, man. My mind's pretty fucked up right now. If I'm being honest, I'm. You're lucky that I was giving out frogs. Um, and he'll do it, of course, in a Joey Wheeler. Uh, voice. So, uh, we start out with the redneck weeb returns thanks to moonshine and jiggle physics. Aight. Uh, did you know they aren't all sea otters? There's more than one kind. <laughs> what the fuck kind of fact is that? Alright, so, um... Yeah, uh... You, not... you would be a disappointing cop, just like that disappointing fact. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, if I like that, there are more, like, uh, Explanations we should have fun facts, Sean. Well, I mean, I can only expect so much from treehugger.com. <laughs> go to a different website, then. Okay, I'll go 50 irresistible right. <laughs> artifacts on facts.net. Let's see. Uh, 
Next up, we get Sean. We should watch Helsinger Bridge next week. Uh, depending on the species, otters can live up to about 16 years. So as an otter cop, uh, you, you'll be an otter cop uh, forever. Or at least for longer than you would think. Uh, powered by money and daddy issues. Uh, around 90% of, of sea otters specifically live near the Alaskan coast. Uh, nice and simple. As an otter cop, you are an otter cop in Alaska. Uh, <laughs> some are more straightforward than others. Uh, magic ice ball. Uh, otter dung has a distinct odor and its own special name, which is Spraint. Uh, you're gonna be a special otter cop, but also a shitty otter cop. Hmm. I spent too much time playing Overwatch. Please help. Uh, yeah, all right, here we go. Uh, the name Ada originates from the Old English word otor or otter, derived from the same root word as the word wada. There you go. You're gonna drown as an Ada cop. All what right. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we got Dylan Army General. Glory to the editor. Hashtag Dylan is waifu. Hashtag communism for books. I can type a lot. Damn. I, uh, see Ada's sleep together in groups, uh, called rafts. You are going to have an entire squadron of Seattle uh, cops with you. Uh, next up, we got my dear old mom. Uh, fun fact, otters can snuggle. Uh, as an otter cop, you're just gonna, you can be a very friendly otter cop. Uh, Charles C. Nassbaum. Uh, baby otters can float, but they can't swim. Careful, Ren. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, as an otter cop, you're going to drown too. <laughs> Next up, we got Blood Cell, not the white one. Uh, some otters mate for life. Uh, you, you as an otter cop, you, you're gonna have a partner in crime that you're gonna have the whole way through, at least until one of you fucks die. Uh, next up, we got Anime Girl. Um, uh, first of all, what the fuck? Second of all, uh, apparently, otters can kidnap pups for ransom. You are gonna be one crooked fucking cop. You're gonna be a crooked <laughs> otter cop. It's go. It's real corrupt up in this bitch. Uh, and last but not least, going above and beyond, we got none other than Dylan Hayden. Ah, oh, fuck me, dude. Uh, uh, otters can help humans in fishing. As an otter cop, you're not an otter. You're actually a fish working undercover. Uh, and there, there we go. Uh, thank, thank you, everyone. If you want to reach out, whether it's for a comment, question, feedback, or recommendation, tweet us at AnimeConPod on Twitter or send an email over onto anime at a context at gmail.com. Once again, guys, thank you all so much for tuning in. We love and appreciate you very, very much. And as always, don't fuck your sister. <laughs> You're, you're a little creep. You're a little creepy kid, and I don't support you. The advertisement on this quiz is, am I gay? Quiztest.me. <laughs> it's like, you watch the gay anime and you're looking up quizzes. Are you like, are you wondering? Are you like, what, what did banana fish do for you? Just, uh, <laughs> why does the giant pervert ghost still have its desires up its asshole? They're butt balls. That's what they are. All right. The great butt ball of desire. The ghostly pervert ruptures. They squirt out of their asshole a ton. His butt ball rips out of him and goes back into the ghost.
Jesus Christ. It's too many body pillows, dude.